The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. Now, in the green scene, the 315 million year old fossil sponge near the cliffs of Moor. But uh, first, why so many animals feel the need to tidy up? We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, you heard that item on Moncrief uh, during the week about the mouse who was videoed by his owner. That's no, yeah. that's, he's not a, the owner of a mouse. The uh, mouse is a free spirit. But he tidied up he in his garden up, yeah, shed. They, they called him the Welsh tidy mouse for anyone that heard it. But he, he was sort of lucky that he did his tidying. It was a retired postman who who filmed it, but he was a keen wildlife photographer. So he saw on his desk that things were being tidied up, his workbench at night, and he was wondering what is going on. He set up some cameras overnight and he could see that it was a little mouse who was sort of popping out. He was picking up things like screws and nuts and bolts, um, even little bits of clothing, and he was pulling them into the middle and tucking them away neatly in a box in the middle of so the... So tidying. Tidying. Yes, and, and no matter what the man, no matter what Rodney... Um, left out, um, the mouse would tidy it away. So it was kind of fascinating. It got us thinking about why animals might be tidying and are there other other animals that tidy? And and as you said, it's actually more common than you might think. Starting with the mouse, what is it in nature that makes the mouse want to tidy? I mean... I suppose mice, by their nature, they do a number of things. I mean, one thing they do is they nest. So they go and gather things to make a cosy nest. And that is one possibility that's been raised here. Screws might be a bit uncomfortable. Exactly. Not not the cosiest. But scientists were wondering, is it a male or female mouse? Because we don't know that yet. I mean, the other thing, obviously, they do is they stockpile food. And in a way, they are kind of programmed to, as one scientist said, kind of go out in the world, find stuff and bring it back and store it safely. Um, but but one of the possibilities that the scientists themselves are talking about who study mice is that this is actually fun for this mouse. <laughs> okay. and, and actually, you know, we, we so often look for biological explanations for all whatever a non-human animal does. But actually, the, the intellectual stimulation of realising that this is kind of a game as different things continue to be left out and, and that they were taken back out of the box and they would retidy them. So we don't really know, but we know there are instinctual things that animals have mm. around keeping places tidy, safe, nesting, feeding, yeah. that could be part of the now, explanation. Now, animals generally will not soil where they live. Exactly. You know, they're, and that, they're, and their own a, bedding, their own nest. Exactly. Um, so they do, various animals, various creatures do tidy up. Yeah, there's very good examples. So things like birds, songbirds, for example, they will essentially remove what we call, you know, faecal sacs, but basically the, the excrement from the babies, obviously that could carry infection. So they very carefully will lift that out and, and you can even see them placing it on things like wires. So they want to keep those spaces clean and um, I mean, as well as excrement, of course, you know, in large colony animals like ants or bees, you know, you could have dead bodies inside the hive and they will be very carefully removed. So certainly keeping the place clean and hygienic, you know, as as we tidy ourselves for that reason, you know, is one of the reasons why animals might tidy. The rattlesnake. Well, this is the other reason you might tidy. And this is, of course, if you're a hunter or if you're someone who's hunted, you might like to keep a clear view. And what the rattlesnake does, people will sort of be familiar with that big triangular head and the big wide neck that they have. And they actually use that to sort of declutter their space. They push aside grasses and long plants. And this may give them a clear view to prey. Um, you know, we'll see the same thing in some fish. So things like a damselfish, you know, they, they may have sea urchins and algae that grow around the sort of entrance to their burrow. They will clear those out of the way because they need to jump mm. out and grab something for lunch. So mm. so there's lots of reasons That's why reason. And, and, and then on the other hand, uh, instead of kind of clearing the way like the rattlesnake to 
make sure the view is not obscured, the pack rats in North America, they collect things to block the view. Well, again, yeah, and, and this is back to kind of the, the element of curiosity and fun. And actually, the pack rats quite like shiny things. So they like things like bottle tops and things. So, so again, a bit like a magpie, you know, just yeah. collecting things. So, so there's all sorts of these behaviours. I think sometimes a little story like this about the mice just reminds us to look again at the things that are going on in the animal kingdom. Now, I want to talk about a fossil sponge that's yes. 315 million years old, found somewhere near the Cliffs of Moher. Why is that exciting? Well, I mean, I think it's very exciting. You're the geologist that, that discovered it. It was discovered by Dr. Eamon Doyle, who works with the burn in the Cliffs of Moher UNESCO Global Geopark. And, and the reason why it's exciting is that it's a really, really special example of this kind of sponge. Uh, so it's a sponge that's called a Cyanthopphycus balori, and it looks a bit like a modern day sponge. So, so this, this sponge doesn't exist anymore, it, like a Venus flower basket sponge. And anyone that's watched documentaries on wildlife and nature will recognise these kind of tall cylindrical sponges that grow almost like fingers up from the, the coral mm-hmm. reef and they can be about 50 centimetres high and they kind of have it almost like a ring of eyelashes around the top and they're filter feeders. They, they, yeah, they siphon the water. I used to think that sponges were plants. Yeah, and of course they're little animals and, and, and in fact they're, they're one of the first multicellular forms of life that ever emerged on Earth. They've been around, you know, for around 500 million years and, and, and I think, you know, so, so this is an amazing uh, intact sponge because sponges as you say they're animals but their bodies are made up of a very fragile glass-like skeleton made of little things called spicules that are held together by a very delicate organic mesh and of course that usually doesn't survive fossilization. Yeah. so it's very unusual to find such a big and complete sponge fossil so, so it's wonderful that we found one here in Ireland and it comes from a time even before the Atlantic Ocean existed that's how old this is so the rocks that make up Ireland would have been in the equator around the time that My this sponge was fossilised and they've moved now to where they are today. I rightly or wrongly associate sponges with warm waters uh, but we have still around Ireland living sponges. We do and again you know that that is I think possibly one of the most interesting things about this story so it kind of reminds us that we have these species here and we don't just have a few we've nearly 300 different species of sponges in this country uh, we have freshwater sponges and we also have the typical marine sponges and, and just to give you a sense of the amount of diversity that we have in the sponge world, you know, around Rathlin Island alone, there's over 134 different species of sponges that have been recorded. Uh, Are people still picking sponges to use uh, when they're bathing? I mean, I think in some countries that does still happen. But I think now more and more we are recognising kind of the important sort of niche in biodiversity that these sponges play. Because they're filter feeders, they have an important role in, in cleaning our waters. So, so that's a very good thing. But but also, you know, we, we're also recognising that they are food for some animals. So not, not very many, but some mollusks and fish will feed on these. And of course, they may, you know, they often are associated with Coral, as you say, and while we associate coral with cold water, we have our own very special cold water corals here off the West Coast. And as far off as the kind of Rockall Bank, which which I suppose is is under contest at the moment, who exactly owns it? But, you know, there are these amazing corals and sponge formations that are protecting our seabed. And, you know, with formations that we only really see, as you say, in in very sort of tropical climates. Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.